Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Raw Talk. In this episode, we have a very special guest with us today, Brenda Sarai Zuniga. How are you? I'm so good. How are you, Nikki? I'm so good. So happy to have you here. So before we get into everything, tell us just a little bit more about you and just all of that. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Um, So a little bit about me. I am a motivational speaker. I'm a mindfulness coach. I'm also a musical comedian. So I blend music, comedy, and mental health education together to make it really fun and relatable. I love performing. I play piano. I sing. And again, my focus is on mental health. So when I do motivational speeches and keynote speeches, like I emphasize on my story, on who I am, like where I came from, how I've persevered. And I always add, you know, comedy or some music in it to make it really fun and relatable. Absolutely. And I love all of that. I love that. That's a very unique take um, on that. Um, as a you know, mental health advocate myself, I mm-hmm. find that very inspirational that you, again, use very different things to kind of just incorporate that message of, you know, just spreading that positivity among mental health. So I'm very grateful to have you for that. (laughs) Thank you. Love that. So to just really start this off, I did kind of want to touch into first your mindfulness coaching. And again, congratulations on that. I know that that's kind of a really, really like hard thing to get into. I know a few mindfulness coaches. And um, again, it is a process. So can you just really dig into your journey with that and really how you started? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So my whole life up until a few years ago, I was riddled with anxiety and depression. And it was, it was the kind of anxiety and depression where I was very high functioning, where I was always really bubbly, because that is my personality. I'm just a naturally bubbly person. But then I would begin to overthink conversations I had with people. And next thing you know, I'd call my friends and be like, okay, so I just had like this talk with my boss. And like, this is exactly what we said verbatim. Uh, Can you tell me if I sounded stupid? And then I would like, (laughs) you know, and it's like, what? And then I would read like, um, I would retell the entire conversation word for word. And my friends would be like, Brenda, you sounded fine. I'm like, no, 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 no. But like, I swear to God, like at the end, like his tone was kind of like more serious. Yeah, and overanalyzing. It, yeah. Overanalyzing everything, mm. you know? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I just, you know, it came to the point where um, my, my depression all of a sudden began to manifest itself as anger as well. And like I said, I'm a, I'm a very bubbly person. So that's never been me to just, come home and like throw things across the room. But that ended up happening a few years ago. And I would just come home and grab a mug and smash it against the wall. And I was living with a boyfriend at the time. And he's like, yo, this is not who you are. Like, what is going on? So I went to see a therapist, mind you, for the second time. I began my therapy journey when I was 19 years old. And uh, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. In 19 years old, My first therapist, she introduced me to mindfulness and meditation because I was going to her for panic attacks. And mindfulness and meditation completely changed my life for the best. But because I uh, was always like having a hard time sitting still, I needed to develop my own formula where I incorporated music and some sort of movement into it. Well, fast forward three years and I decided to take a break from her. And when I decided to take a break from her, I was okay for a little while, but then 
that's when the um, the anger started. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden it was like, why am I throwing these mugs? And that's when I decided to seek therapy again for the second time. Now, fast forward again a few years ago when I saw my second therapist, um, she asked me the number one question that forever changed my life. And she goes, have you ever been diagnosed with ADHD? And I was like, no. She's like, mm -hmm. you have every single wow. characteristic of ADHD. And what I learned is that when ADHD goes undiagnosed for long periods of time, it can manifest itself as anxiety, depression, oh, wow. and anger. Wow. See, I didn't even know that. And I, like, mm -hmm. and I deal with a little bit of anxiety myself. I feel like everyone does. And that's so interesting how you actually saw a therapist and you got yet another diagnosis. Um, mm -hmm. It's very interesting. And you did go to therapy previously, uh, again, when you were 19. And the decision to go back to therapy, I did want to touch on that because I feel like a lot of people <coughs> have gone to therapy. Right. And they'll see a therapist and they, you know, might have a bad experience with the therapist and they're like, I'm done. I'm never doing it again. So right. within your own experience, what really, I mean, I know that you're going through a hard time, hence why you see therapy again, but, you know, was that hard for you to do it yet again? So that is an incredible question. Uh, I love that question that you just asked me. Um, so because I've always been a mental health activist and that's what I right. majored in in college like I, I always knew the importance of mental health and taking care of it and so I I never was against it but going back to therapy for a second time I will say it was scary right I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily say it was like god I don't want to go here again or like what's wrong with me or anything like that but it was just like all right, here we go. Yeah, we're, we're about to uncover some other stuff that's gonna right. bubble it up, and oh, here we go. So, it was, <laughs> so it was more of, of just scariness of the new, of what's what's to come. Um, but it again forever changed my life for the best when she asked me if I had ADHD because that's when she goes, okay, well. I'm going to give you a test and then I'm going to talk to your primary care physician and he's also going to give you a test. We're going to be talking with each other and we're going to um, see what's up. Long story short, I, I came back, you know, uh, having mm. ADHD and she was like, okay, so what do you think about medicine? And at this time I was like, no, medicine's for crazy people. Like, what are you talking about? Right. And and even though I had been in the mental health field for a long time, I was like, no, no, I don't need medicine. Like, what? Right. And she goes, all right, honey, she goes, we've tried a lot of things. And I'm not saying that, that there's a magic pill. I'm not saying that there's going to be a pill that you take and all of a sudden everything's going to go, you know, incredible, right. but let's just give it a try and I'm going to be monitoring it. And so is your doctor and we can, you know, tailor back and forth to see what works for you and what doesn't work for you. And we're still going to be practicing all our other positive coping skills. Um, but let's just give it a try. So I began to give medicine a try. And let me tell you, Nikki, my life drastically changed wow. for, for the best. Wow. Yeah. And that makes me so happy to hear because I feel like medication is kind of more like a hit or a miss. It's a 50-50. Yeah. Um, some medications like do not work. <laughs> like I've heard, like, yeah. you know, it's, but then some are like a miracle. So that's so cool that that worked out for you. Um, it really is about finding the right one that works for you. And mm -hmm. um, that's all, it's all trial and error, right? I mean, like life is yeah. trial and error, but I think especially in like finding the right medications and finding the right therapist, like that's all trial and error as well. So 
Yep. Wow. That's very, very that you took control of that and you got control of that because I know with my own like personal life um, and I'm sure that people can relate as well but I mean mental health's a scary tricky situation and sometimes yeah. you do feel so alone so you speaking up about this and by the way you are very accomplished so a very accomplished oh. woman speaking about <laughs> this is like whoa okay oh <laughs> thank you Nikki like thank so you. much respect no seriously so much respect for you and um, <laughs> yeah absolutely so also too I didn't want to dig into your podcast so you are the host of getting mental pod and that is again congratulations on that too um you know, it's on you. youtube spotify apple Podcasts. i mean you're really again you're doing it all so that so that is a podcast primarily based around you know mental health education but again like you said in a you know fun relatable situation anyway mm-hmm. so how did that really start what made you really want to begin a podcast Oh man. Um, so this is, oh, this is so great. You're like taking me back to how it all started. Um, back in 2018. Well, first, okay. Let me take it back to 2017. I used to be a mindfulness travel blogger and I had my own, um, website and, um, and when I began to blog about mindfulness and travel, a lot of people resonated with like, Oh my gosh, I want to practice more mindfulness and meditation. Like, you know, you're making this look really fun. Oh, so you're meditating on vacation. Oh, what? Like, this is so cool. And I was like, yeah. And then, you know, again, I would write these blogs and then I would start with video and people then wanted more video. And I didn't know how to launch it. I didn't know what to do. And the universe is so great. At this time, I um, decided to go to a comedy show at the comedy store in Hollywood because I just really wanted to see a comedian. And I had a friend who is a comedy legend there. And I asked him, um, he performs nightly, and I asked him if I can you know, go over and see him. And I hadn't seen him in years. He goes, yeah, of course. So when I went that one night, he ended up having like kind of a panic attack in front of me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, I know exactly what to do. Um, let's go somewhere where I can teach you how to belly breathe and calm the central nervous system and, um, you know, how to breathe through the panic attack. You know, this is what I blog about. I blog about mindfulness. I blog about all this stuff and incorporating it everywhere. And so when I taught him this technique, he's like, holy crap, that is the most relaxed I've been in months. Oh my gosh. He's like, oh my gosh, how can I repay you? And I'm like, oh no. I'm like, you just, your friendship is enough. Yeah. And he, he looked at my website and he goes, you know what? He goes, you need a podcast. And I'm like, yeah. He goes, you have the gift of gab and you have a lot of information that you, that the world needs to hear. Why don't you come down here to the comedy store um, every Tuesday and come with me downstairs to record a podcast. I do podcasts every Tuesday, learn the ropes. I'll introduce you to people and um, you can get started on your podcast journey. So what ended up happening was that a, I was like, Oh my God, that's incredible. Yeah. So I began to practice and learn how to do podcasts at the world famous comedy store in Hollywood. But then after a few times of doing that, he looks at me and he goes, you're a comedian. I'm like, what? He goes, you're a comedian. I go, no, no. He goes, yeah, you are. He goes, comedians are born and you, my darling, are a comedian. So now what I need you to do 
he goes, is I need you to begin studying the art of comedy every single night. Do you hear me? He goes, I need you here every single night in the back of that room studying the greats of comedy with a pen and a notepad. And I need you to follow the structure. I need you to follow everything that they're doing. So I began to live basically at the world famous comedy store. And from then I remember, um, I was just there like every single day and then COVID happened. Mm. And that's when I, and by the way, I was performing at the world famous comedy store. And so when COVID happened, that's when I realized, okay, this is, this is the time that I need to now take all the knowledge that I've acquired at the world famous comedy store and apply it and finally create, you know, the, the podcast that, that I want, that I've been dreaming of. Right. Wow. That's incredible too. Um, I mean, cause we all know that, you know, well, I'm, I mean, I'm a podcast host myself. I mean, yeah. I can relate. I mean, it's a hard industry to really be a part of, um, especially when you're starting out on your own and mm-hmm. doing your own material and forming your own, you know, concepts and really getting guests on and not only getting guests on, but also getting your own perspectives out there. So from your own experience as well I want to ask you on this because your podcast is very successful um you know how did how do you really find absolutely how did you really find concepts to really touch on and how did you like how do you really come up with your material because we all know from a podcast post perspective you don't know what's going to be a hit and you don't know what's going to be a miss so where do you really develop your you know those concepts and where do they come from the concepts for my podcast honestly come through my head as I'm recording. Like, it's not like I'll have a, like before recording some episodes, I'll be like, oh, this is something that I would like to talk about. But I, I never write down anything. I never, I never um, sit down and write a script or even the other themes that come about in an episode. But it's truly just what's on my mind and I'm channeling just everything that that I've been wanting to say for a really long time that I know others can benefit in hearing as well and so that's that's how my episodes come about wow yeah that's that's um incredible as well because again I know how difficult it is to like have a podcast and come up with new material and you know, again, it's it's a 50-50 situation. You know, you don't know what's going to be hit. You don't know what's going to be missed. Um, so it's very, like, very cool. I do that right. with my show as well. Um, like, I never script anything. <laughs> I will literally just be on and just talk openly. Um, yeah, it's it's the best, honestly. I feel like that's the best way to do it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, abso- absolutely. So also, too, um, I do have to ask you. So within yeah. all, everything that you do, you know, you do, I mean, you are a musician, you're a comedian, you're a writer, you know, you do the whole nine. Um how do you really find a balance? I have a lot of accomplished women on this podcast and I always ask them, how do you maintain that balance between everything that you do? How do you really find it? God, that's another really good question. I'm loving all the questions <laughs> on this. I am loving it. How do I find <laughs> the- <laughs> I'm serious. How do I find that balance? Um, well, luckily I am someone who practices what she preaches. So, my mindfulness coaching, you know, I always talk about the importance, not only in my coaching, but when I give keynotes, mm-hmm. I always talk about the importance of gratitude, meditation, um, positive affirmations, you know, um, self-compassion. And I go over these that 
are there to, to help you feel very grounded and kind of develop that, um, that anchor with yourself and feel really good right. and loved right. and, and just held with yourself. Cause, cause it's a lot, you know, when, when you're a full-time entrepreneur, but, but with that is like a blessing and a curse because a blessing in that it doesn't ever feel like I'm working ever. Right. Yeah. But the, the other side of it is that I, I am, and I'm expelling, I'm expelling energy. And so it's really easy to go overboard with it and not realize until it's like, Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm going overboard with it. But what helps me very much, and I have a very good routine about this is, like I said, practicing all the tools that I teach in my coaching programs and, and workshops on myself. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's impressive too, because you don't ever spread yourself too thin mm-hmm. and you know, you did make all your passions into a career. And I find that again, very inspiring. I did that as well. Um, and I can totally yeah. relate to, again, you know, like it is a blessing and a curse because you know, you are, you don't ever feel like you're walking, like you, you feel like you're obviously like walking into work, but you also feel very like, you know, like pressure mm-hmm. and how like, oh my gosh, like I'm depending on myself, you know? So yeah. Yeah. You made some good points there. Yeah. It's not, it's not all easy and it doesn't like most of the time it does feel like you're on cloud nine, but a lot of, a lot of times <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> and I can relate to that <laughs> 100%. Um, yeah, yeah, totally. And um, also too, I have a few more questions to ask you before I let you go. Um, I know you're busy. So no, no worries. I'm all yours. Do not. Okay, cool. Awesome. Yay. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. So I have to ask you, yes, out of everything you've done, I mean, you are so multidimensional, you know, what message do you want people to take away from you? Ooh, what's, what message? Um, The main message I would say is it doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter what your upbringing is. It doesn't matter, you know, what neighborhood you were raised in whatsoever when you when you have a thought that you can achieve achieve something and you believe that thought and then you take inspired action towards making that thought into a reality there is absolutely nothing you can't do and that is the formula of success and most importantly though from that formula is to always remain kind, always. Kindness is everything. And I always use my story to inspire others that again, if I can do it, they can too. I don't know if you were reading a little bit about my, um, my bio, but I was smuggled into the US when I was mm-hmm. one year old. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom handed me over like Moses uh, and oh she gosh. was just like, okay, hope I see my daughter again. She just like, boop gave me over to a a coyote which is a person that crosses you over the border right and uh, my mother was 16 years old at the time I was one so can you imagine that can you imagine being 16 years old having a one-year-old and then handing your baby over to strangers so that you could have a chance at a better life that's that's to me like wow I can't believe that's my story (laughs) yeah Yeah. Um, the great thing is I saw my mom the next day which is great we were uh, delivered to my dad. My dad was here on a visa and, um, and we're all from Mexico. So when we, my dad was 20 at the time. Now, 
my parents, they came here with like $5 in their pocket. You know, I, I lived in 15 different homes growing up because mm -hmm. my parents moved so much. Right. I, I attended 11 different schools. Oh my because, gosh. Yeah. I didn't wow. know I, when I would walk into a school, I didn't know when it was going to be my last day. When I walked into school, I didn't know if the best friend that I just made was going to be, you know, gone the next day. I didn't know if I was going to be gone the next day. Right. So it was a lot of instability, a lot of chaos, a lot of uh, a very tumultuous upbringing. Again, I was raised by teenage parents who did not know anything about emotional mm -hmm. regulation. They didn't know. And they were repeating the same patterns they saw growing mm -hmm. up, uh, you know, and. But despite all that, I always knew that that there was something more out there and it one of the reasons why is because i never stopped talking i made a career out of it now clearly <laughs> but, but i always reached out to teachers and counselors and even my parents friends um to tell them what i was going through at home and my teachers and counselors ended up being those, um, giving me like that positive reinforcement that I needed mm -hmm. and always was like, you're going to be something great. We need you here. You're needed on this planet. You are loved. You are here to tell your story. Um, you're going to make a really big difference in this world. Just like really empowering things that every kid needs to hear and that everybody needs to hear, period. But that's what they would tell me. And those words really did carry me, carry me through. And, um, allowed me to to stay kind and not be bitter about life and not be bitter towards others and you know it it, rem it allowed me to remain empathetic and mm. want to make a name for myself and um and also and it wasn't easy because I I and I talk about this a lot too I don't have a family that I can that I can talk to this stuff about because my family and I'm from Mexico and Mexican culture you know, mental health education is super taboo and it's mm. very, it's very stigmatized. And so to me, I, I'm the black sheep of the family, believe mm. it or not. Yeah. I'm the black sheep. I'm the weirdo. I'm the one that's like, oh my God, look at her. She's talking about mental health nonstop. She's crazy. We t see everyone. She's insane. Mm. So I have zero support from them. Uh, when I began to study psychology and mental health back in the day, they would all get on my case about it. When I began to see a therapist when I was 19, my whole family was so against it and, and would constantly chastise me and say mm -hmm. things like, you're changing, you're different. You know, who, who, we wish you were the girl you were before, you know? Oh, wow. And, and say all these things kind of like, when I began to develop boundaries, when I began to empower myself, it was, I was met with so much resistance from my family. And so that's when I knew that I needed to practice that boundary of no contact. Right. And I kept going, like, despite my family being so against me and so against everything I was doing, breaking generational trauma, you know, mm -hmm. not, 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 um, continuing the toxic and toxicity that they were displaying and choosing different it was so um, crazy to them that I was doing that. And, uh, and even despite all of that, I chose to, to stay true to myself and remember my mission. You know, I found my purpose, okay. which is to help heal the collective through the arts and help people feel better. And, you know, just, I just stayed true to that. And so my message to everyone is that it doesn't matter where you come from 
what's your upbringing, who your family is, who the people surrounding, you know, who are the people surrounding you? It doesn't matter. When you, when you have a thought and you believe that thought and you take inspired action and you stay kind and you remember that there's a greater, that, that there's a mission, you're here for, for a purpose and you stick with that, there's nothing, nothing on this planet who will deviate you or who can deviate you from you achieving your goals. Wow. I mean, I feel like I should give you an award right now. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, whoa. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's, your story is honestly incredible. Um, wow. I've never heard anything like that before. So hey, listening to you right now and really just hearing you is, I mean, literally in this moment, I mean, I'm taking it back right now. Um, wow. I mean, that's just an incredible story. And wow. Yeah. Just, I mean, you, you were so powerful and just with everything you've mm-hmm. done, I, I think too, you know, just what you thought of as, as far as thoughts and when you have a thought, you know, um, a lot of people have thoughts, right? Mm-hmm. But a lot of us don't pursue those thoughts. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you did and the fact that you do is very, very inspirational uh, to myself. I mean, I look up to you. Um, oh, I mean, this, is, this is incredible. Yeah, Aww. that's very, very incredible to hear. Yeah, I'm like, woo. I'm like, you're a water soldier. Okay. So, <laughs> oh, I love that. Um, wow. Yeah. I mean, this is so, so, so incredible. And also, too, I ask, everyone on my podcast um what is one thing good or bad that you have learned about yourself so far this year Ooh, my god Again, these are like you come up with these questions because they're amazing <laughs> oh thank you they're um, amazing there's a lot coming from you <laughs> i mean it oh my gosh okay what is what uh can you repeat the question again <laughs> yeah absolutely i said what's one thing good or bad that you've learned so far about yourself this year Okay, um, cool. My ADHD kicked in. My ADHD was like, that was a great question. Wait, what was it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. gosh. Um, so one good thing that I learned about myself this year, I am so tenacious. Mm-hmm. Just tenacious to a <laughs> T. It, like, if I want something, oh, man, I, I really go out and get it. And I, I always knew that. But this year with some of the things that, you know, have been presented and and I just like run with it and I take it or I'll create something out of nothing like that. It just it just reaffirms how much willpower um, I have. And it's it it feels good. It It feels good to to, to like re reconfirm that, um, I guess. Also, yeah. a, a bad thing I learned about myself. Um, hmm. Bad thing I learned about myself. Um, a bad thing I learned about myself is that, oh, I can be impatient. Me too. <laughs> I can be real impatient. Woo! Woo! Because that willpower will be like, let's go. Let's get yeah. things moving. Let's get things done. When, who, when it comes to like a period of slowing down a little bit, or or you know things aren't moving as quick as I want them to, whoo, I get impatient. And so, I, I am working on that. I'm working on that. Oh. 
that's good though I mean we all have something we need to work on you know like oh, yeah I mean me too I can relate to that too I mean I'm the most impatient person in the world so <laughs> I can relate to that I can wow oh my gosh well Brenda this has been amazing having you on and talking to you and your story and your insight thank you so much Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Nikki. Oh my God, you're incredible. Seriously, you thank are. you for, for reaching out. And if anybody wants mindfulness coaching and wants to learn how to calm the central nervous system and, you know, live a happy, fulfilling life and develop that anger within oneself, they'll get 20% off my um, my coaching programs and my rate. Yeah. Yay! Ooh. Mm-hmm. There's a little treat. A little treat in there. <laughs> Absolutely. Aww.